who will rescue us from that? Who will take the mess that this, our lives are? And who will bring a security to it? Who loves us enough to do that? Who has the power to make it happen? Is it a question of who that is? It, it wasn't for the Apostle Paul either. God came. The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintiger.com. We've got a, a huge text in front of us today. It's from the book of Romans, the, the book of Romans as a, as a way of previewing this for you. Romans is a book that is cerebral in a lot of ways. What it does is, is, is Paul writes so that you can compute things in your brains and, and move them from your brain to your heart. The, most of the book of Romans is like that, except for this text that we're about to read. This text that we're about to read is completely emotional. It plays right to your emotions. You're going to hear the Apostle Paul being incredibly transparent for you. And to get you ready for this text, I'm going to ask you a question. I'll ask you to be transparent with yourself. This is the question. What is the thing that you hate most about yourself? What is the thing that, that you really wish that you were doing in your life or doing a lot better in your life that you just can't seem to do? What is the thing that you really want to not do? What is the habit that you're trying to kick that you just can't seem to kick? If you're like me, you can come up with a lot of answers. And if you're like me and you have a lot of answers, then you will be able to relate in a huge way with the Apostle Paul this morning. This comes from Roman chapter, Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25. Paul writes to us here. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I, myself, who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do... It's no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will save me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God. 
who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is God's word. There are some shows that I just can't watch. The list is kind of growing these days. I can't watch horror shows. I can't watch thriller shows. I can't watch true crime shows. As a pastor, I kind of get plugged in a lot to the horrible realities of the world. And, and, and I can't watch shows that extend that reality into my living room while I'm trying to relax. I can't watch those shows. There are other shows that I can't watch too, especially there's a new kind of genre of shows that people are are really enjoying these days. It's the kind of show where the creators of the show want you to really, really relate with the characters of the show so that you can understand what they're going through and, and, and live through them. And I'll tell you, I can't watch that kind of show either. There's, there's one series in particular that really championed this new kind of show. It, uh, it's a show that I've really tried to watch, and I was successful at watching it for a while. I watched most of the episodes of a few of the first seasons, and I first tuned into this show because I wanted to know why most of America was tuning in on Thursday nights and crying around their TVs together. Give you one more hint so that you can guess at which show I'm talking about. It's a show that just had their series wrap uh, late spring this year. The show is called This Is Us. And I can see that some of you are kind of nodding along, that you can tell that. You, you maybe know why I can't watch this show anymore. It's a story of, of three, three people. They're triplets, and, and they're now in their middle age. But it tells the story of how in their childhood, they had the perfect family. But then when they were teenagers, their dad died in a tragic house fire. And really, what this show is about, it's about how the family has dealt with that tragedy. And you go along in this show, and, and as the characters get more and more developed, you get to see how they have developed some really self-destructive tendencies in themselves. And so maybe you're thinking that, that I can't watch this show because there's too much empathy going on. I, it hurts to see them hurt. And if you're thinking that, then yeah, you're, you're partially right. But also there's something a lot deeper going on. I'll share with you the reason I can't watch the show, and I'll share it through an example of the show itself. You first meet one of the main characters. Her name is Kate. The first time that you see her, you see her opening up the fridge and and looking inside, and there's a birthday cake that she bought for herself. And in front of the birthday cake, hanging off the front of the fridge, there is a sticky note that says, Don't eat this crap cake. And she takes that sticky note down, she throws it to the side, and then behind that sticky note, there's another one on the, the, the case of the cake, and it says, Dear Kate, don't eat this before your birthday. Sincerely, Kate. <laughs> 
And already you can understand one of Kate's struggles. You don't even have to get to the next scene where you see Kate. She's about to be going to her her Weight Watchers meeting and she has to do a weigh-in and she looks down at the scale and she's so disappointed in what she sees that she takes off her earrings as if that's going to help. And you can imagine what's going through her mind, the self-talk that she's having, the kind of thing that the Apostle Paul wrote today. The stuff that I don't want to do, that's the stuff that I can't not do. I can't help myself. I keep doing it. See, that's the reason I can't watch this show anymore. It it hits too close to home for me. As I watch this show, all I'm thinking now is that this is me. It's too close to home for me and my life and my struggles, the things that I wish that I wouldn't do anymore, but I keep doing. It's a show that forces me to say, this is me. And I think you know that the Apostle Paul would say, this is me too. You can feel in the text that he wrote, you can feel how frustrated he is with himself. This is what he wrote. He said, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. You can feel his frustration. You can grasp what he's feeling. He says, I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't do it. He says, I can't carry it out. You can feel his pain. He repeats himself when he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Paul is saying, this is me, the venerated apostle Paul, the super Christian, the missionary to end all other missionaries. He's saying, this is me. My walk with God is bad. He says, I don't want to be bad. I want to honor God with my life and everything that I do. I want to obey his law, but I can't do it. 39 times he says this, by the way. 39 times he says, I, me, my, this is me. This is my life. This is my battle. These are my failures. It's it's shocking how transparent Paul is, right? You know, I found this out as I was preparing for this sermon today that that there are a lot of Christians who don't believe that this was the Apostle Paul speaking while he was a Christian. They're thinking that he was was bringing forward something that he believed before he became a Christian. But make no mistake about it, this is Paul. This is Paul, the Apostle of Christ, the missionary to the Gentiles. He's saying, this is me. And And what I want you to know today is that knowing this about the Apostle Paul might just be the most healing thing that I can share with you today. 
Paul wants you to know that that is him so that you can know that this is you. I know that you have this struggle, this frustration with yourself and the things that you can't not do. I know you have that frustration because I have it too. I can give you an example of that from, from, from this week. Monday morning I woke up, I woke up and I did my devotion. I went for a run and as I was running I was just praying to God, God give me a great day. Give me all kinds of opportunities to serve you today, God. Give me, bless me with the ability to be efficient and effective for your kingdom. Help me to be a great dad today and a great husband and a great pastor. And I prayed that so sincerely. I was so determined to have a great day for Jesus' name. And then by 8 a.m., I was way off base. Instead of being efficient and effective and working on the things that I needed to be working on, I was way distracted working on something that I did not need to be doing. And, and while I was doing that, that silly thing, I missed a call from somebody that really needed to hear from me. And by the time that I was done doing that distraction, I had missed my chance. And I moved forward with my day. I got down to business and I started studying for the sermon today and I started getting myself organized for the rest of the week. And by the time that was done, I had, I had missed lunch. And I, I had told Theo earlier in the day that I would practice baseball with him. He's got his first t-ball camp coming up this week. And I told him it would have to wait until I was done working. And so he saw that I was done working and he asked me if we could play some baseball together. And I told him, no, we got to go do errands. And he was disappointed, but he came and he did errands with me and we got home and <clears throat> I saw Adeline running toward me. She hadn't seen me a whole lot that day yet. And I did what you're never supposed to do as a parent, and especially as a parent who is a pastor. I took a phone call as I walked in the door. And instead of picking up my daughter and hugging her and holding her, I shushed her. And for the rest of the evening, I was the same. I was distracted. I was trying to cook dinner and I was trying to, to talk with people that I needed to love. And I was just trying to keep the kids busy so they wouldn't hurt each other. And then I wrestled them into bed knowing that I hadn't spent good time with them that day. And then I flopped myself into my bed and then I remembered the prayer I prayed earlier in the day. And a wave of failure washed over me. And that was Monday. This is me. And this is us. And Paul is sharing this about himself and I'm sharing this about myself because you need to know that, that the Christian life sometimes is a lot about battles. And you need to know that you're going to lose a lot of the battles. A lot of the battles. You need to know this. 
that on the days where you are determined to go out into your life and you go out so hopefully saying to yourself, today is going to be the day where I don't want to feel depression working its way into my heart. You need to know that when at the end of the day you are feeling depression all over yourself, it doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. You need to know that. And you need to know that when you go out into your life saying, I am not going to be anxious anymore, I am going to hold Jesus' promises as the one thing in my life, you need to know that when you come to the end of the day and you are filled with doubts, it does not mean that you don't have faith. You need to know that. And when you go out into your life determined to live your life for Jesus and do everything in your life in Jesus' name, and when you come to the end of the day and of the week and you have failed to do any of the things that you wanted to do for Jesus, it does not mean that you don't have the Spirit. You need to know that. You need to know that this is the life of a Christian. You need to know that this was the life of the Apostle Paul. You can feel his frustration coming through as he writes. He's so frustrated with himself. He cries out to nobody in particular. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Who is going to rescue us from being that person that looks into the fridge and eats the things that we don't want to eat? Who is going to rescue us from diving to our phones for, for Instagram, for Facebook, for Netflix to distract ourselves away from investing our way into relationships that will give Christ to someone? Who is going to rescue us from that? Who is going to rescue us from our our constant bent towards depression, anxiety, and despair? Who will rescue us from that? Who will take the mess that this our lives are? And who will bring a security to it? Who loves us enough to do that? Who has the power to make it happen? Is it a question of who that is? It it wasn't for the Apostle Paul either. God can. Paul said, thanks be to God who delivers us through Jesus Christ our Lord. God saves, God delivers, God secures us. Through Jesus Christ. The one who went all the way to the cross on our behalf. The one who paid all the way for our sins. The one who now rescues us from the sins that he already paid for. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus has both the love and the power to rescue us. Thanks be to God who delivers me through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, who says, no, this is not you. 
I will deliver you and you will be you. Did you know, did you notice this, that that the Apostle Paul changed the way that he was talking in that last, that thankful sentence. He said, thanks be to God who delivers me through our Lord Jesus Christ. You remember that 39 times throughout this text, Paul said, I, me, my, 39 times, Paul did not diverge from his path of showing us his personal narrative, his personal battles and struggles. 39 times, Paul said, this is me. But then at the very end, he says, Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's significant. That's so significant. Do you know why the Apostle Paul is talking in that way? It's because he wants you to know that you are in on that salvation. He wants you to know, as he has already been so transparent about all of the battles that he loses as a Christian, he wants you to know that that is you too, and that he wants you to know that you are in on the same salvation. You are saved just like he is. Thanks be to God who delivers us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wants you to know, I want you to know that God will release you from all of the battles that you have to fight right now. So that you can know that for now, yeah, this is you. This is us. For now, we are going to be people that look into the fridge and eat all of the things that we know we shouldn't be eating. For now, we are going to be people who say all the things we know we shouldn't be saying. For now, we will be people that will look at all the things we shouldn't be looking at. For now, we will be people who will trust in all the things we know we shouldn't trust in. And for now... We are going to lose a lot of those battles, but we won't always. That's the promise. There will be Jesus. And Jesus will deliver us. You will be you. You will be perfect. You will have the kind of kindness that you wish that you could have all the time. And you will be able to say all the right things at all the right moments. And you will be able to love perfectly and you will be able to see Jesus perfectly. There will be Jesus. You will be you. And we will be us. The us that Jesus died for. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, so many different souls and so many different hearts are here with so many different struggles. 
Some came here today worried about depression. Some came here with anxiety. Some came in here with a tongue that they wish really wouldn't be as critical as it is. Lord, for all of us, we pray that you give us hope in Jesus. Give us hope that we have already been redeemed and that there is a time that is coming soon that we will be us. Give us strength to live out this struggle and then to do it for you.